Welcome to Meeting on the Mound. I'm Jake Reiner. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. I can't get that phrase out of my mind. I've been watching that clip of Julio Urias striking out Willie Adamas looking over and over again. It doesn't cease to just fill me with so much joy. And I get goosebumps every time I listen to that call from Joe Buck. And for the Dodgers, this is a long time coming. Their first World Series championship in 32 years, their seventh franchise World Series title, and their sixth since moving to Los Angeles. It was a huge momentous moment, especially all that they had to go through this entire shortened pandemic season. And my next guests are co-hosts of another podcast with me called The Incline. It's a Dodgers podcast. And in my totally unbiased opinion, it is the best Dodgers podcast (laughs) out there. Uh, I want to welcome Kevin Klein and David Rosenthal to Meeting on the Mound. Welcome, guys. Thanks, Jake. Uh, Pleasure to be on here. Uh, Excited about this uh, new podcast that you're hosting. So I'm I'm, I'm very happy to be here. And and most of all, I'm I'm still stoked on the Dodgers uh, World Series championship. Of course. Kevin, how you doing, man? Thanks, Jake, for having me on. This is very exciting that we're world champions. And I just want to say, you know, you're a great Dodgers fan out there and you have excellent takes. (laughs) Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate that, even though you don't say that on our own podcast on the Incline. <laughs> yeah. um, so the three of us have a very unique experience when it comes to this Dodgers World Series title because we had never experienced a World Series championship in our lifetime. So it kind of takes on a new meaning for the three of us having been born after 1988. And I'm pretty sure even if we were born somewhere in the 80s, we probably wouldn't even remember the 88 World Series title. So this is a fresh fresh experience for all of us. And I just kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on what this title has meant to you as Dodgers fans. And David, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, to put it simply, it's, it's in one word, it means everything. Uh, you know, I've been a Dodgers fan my entire life. Uh, they've gotten close, you know, from t- specifically from 2013 to 2016, uh, and then obviously 2017 and 2018. Uh, but like you mentioned, uh, you know, I wasn't alive in 1988. I was negative five. Uh, and even if I, you know, was alive, let's say I was born in 1985, for people who were born, you know, 83 to 85, they probably don't even really remember it. Uh, so I compare this to, you know, I would have compared that if someone was five at the time, that would be like me. Uh, for the Lakers' first championship in, uh, you know, 2000 or, or something. So this is just, you know, I haven't really felt like this with any of my sports teams before. Uh, I, I'm a Dodgers fan first before everything else. Uh, so what this means to me and, and just the entire city of Los Angeles and all its loyal, loyal fans is just remarkable. Uh, they, they earned this one. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into the is it worth it in an asterisk season talk later. Uh, but the short answer is yes. Uh, and it's, it just means everything, especially to the city of Los Angeles. For me, I just honestly, like I had always dreamed of what it would feel like to finally win one or witness winning one. And I didn't care so much that it was in this pandemic. They were in, uh, Texas. I mean, it would have been nice to have it at Dodger stadium, but it's just the feeling of it was just absolutely euphoric. And I just, it's so nice to get that monkey off your back. Um, Kevin, what, what, how did you, how did you take it, man? It means a lot to me. I'm going to take it to my deathbed that this is probably going to be one of the top five memories in my entire life. (laughs) We can already talk about how there's been so many heartbreaks. I've had more heartbreaks with the Dodgers than I've had with actual romantic relationships. It's been a very rough roller coaster. 
So I had a lot of fear, like I'd never see them win a World Series in my entire lifetime. And the fact that it took 32 years, when you really think about how much has gone down in 32 years, it means a lot. And just as time went on, this World Series meant more and more to me. So the fact that they finally won one, it just it's a huge sigh of relief to finally see your team have Joe Buck announced they're the World Series champions, everyone rushing the field celebrating so it was great for the city of los angeles and all dodgers fans wherever they're living in the world yeah and i've always thought about the like would i rather be a fan of a team that constantly just never makes it to the playoffs and is constantly just out of it by you know august and september and there's no reason to watch them anymore or would i rather be a fan of a team that's always there and always disappoints me and I and I guess my opinion on that has changed since since the Dodgers won the World Series. I'd much rather be a fan of a team that is constantly in it. And over the last eight years that they've won the division, I think what's been so heartbreaking each time is that they've sort of had these expectations to win it all, but just could never get over there, or they just you know were were so close and just couldn't get over the hump, and it was just so heartbreaking. And it's an interesting thing as baseball fans we're we're constantly even though we get our hearts broken every year we're constantly coming back for more what do you guys think you know it was that kept you kind of coming back each season other than the fact that you just love baseball you know there's a part of me that you know was always especially after 2017 and 2018 it was just like all right well why don't these guys just just stop being stop making the playoffs and just reset and blow it all up and just try to figure it out in 10 years or whatever uh, but you know, every single time since, since opening day, it's like, okay, maybe this is the year, maybe this is the year, maybe the, you know, the monkeys off the back this year. Uh, and for me, who's just been a diehard Dodger fan and, and baseball fan in general, I, I just, you know, I can't quit it even if I wanted to. Uh, and they've had the talent, the talent's never really been an issue, especially the last five, six years. Um, so it's just a matter of when are they going to finally put it together? And it's, not easy to win a World Series. Uh, it's, it's extremely difficult to win a World Series. We saw it uh, in 2019. The Nationals just came out of nowhere. So uh, especially seeing what they did last year, it gave me even more hope for 2020 uh, that basically any team can win it. Uh, and even if the Dodgers were favorites and the best roster, it, it still it, any team can win it any year. It makes it all worth it once you do win, though. I yeah. mean, it just washes all that heartbreak away. And it, 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 it was definitely worth it. So there have been a lot of talk out there about how this World Series um, has or should have an asterisk next to it. And I know the three of us have discussed this at length, but for our listeners out there here on Meeting on the Mound, I just want to get your guys' thoughts because I obviously don't think there should be an asterisk. And the only reason that there should be one is if they wanted to denote how difficult it was for the Dodgers to win this World Series. But I just want to get your thoughts on if now that they've won the World Series, do you think they have to win another World Series in a non-pandemic scenario in order to uh, sort of uh, become legitimate in the eyes of other fan bases? Kevin, let's start with you on this one. Yeah, I'll just start with this. You didn't need to see 162 games to prove that the Dodgers were the best team in baseball every opponent that they faced just completely rolled them over and then their postseason run to the title is going to go down as one of the most difficult 
in the entire Major League Baseball history. They didn't get a free pass having to face any light teams. Every opponent they faced was legitimate in their own sense. They took down the number one seed Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series. They had to play seven consecutive games against the Atlanta Braves, who were the two seed. They beat them. And the only thing the Dodgers have to do to prove they're a dynasty is win another World Series. But the 2020 World Series is as legitimate as any other trophy won in the past. Where do you fall on that, David? Yeah, it comes down to two simple questions for me. One, was everybody on the same playing field? Yes. And two, were there more playoff games than there normally are? Also, yes. So if anything, this was harder. Uh, And as for your question, for Dodger fans, no. I don't think they have to win another one for it to be legitimate. For non-Dodgers fans but not Dodgers haters, no. But for Astros fans, for Giants fans, and probably for Angels fans, I think they'll always say, well, it's 2020. It didn't really count. Uh, But in terms of if you're going to ask the players, it's going to be a resounding no there. Completely resounding no. And anyone who, you know, you can hate on it. uh, You know, that's your right to hate on it. I'm still going to hate on 2017 when there's actually cheating and not a level playing field. Uh, But, you know, if if fans and even, you know, radio guys or whoever wants to hate on, on the Dodgers for 2020 and say that they need to win another one for it to be legitimate, that's fine. Uh, because they're, this feeling of winning the championship is not going to go away for us and definitely not for the players. I'm just happy that guys like Justin Turner, Clayton Kershaw, those guys were able to get their World Series title, even if they don't win another one, which I think yeah. they are primed to win more just the way the roster is built. But I'm just excited that they got to experience that at least once. So let's. Kevin mentioned uh, a dynasty. And as it stands right now, this roster is just so deep and they could be adding a a bunch more pieces uh, out there for this next run. But the one guy that they have for the pretty much the rest of his career is Mookie Betts. And so we've got this Mookie Betts era of Dodgers baseball. Do you feel that this, the way that this roster is constructed and the way that Andrew Friedman kind of does his thing and, and builds and finds guys off the scrap heap like Max Muncy and is always able to plug in a guy in the bullpen that, that comes alive and makes a name for himself, do you think that this roster is primed to become a dynasty like the Yankees in the 90s, Kevin? Absolutely. When you look at their 40-man roster, I don't think you can find another professional team out there with a talent pool as deep as the Dodgers have. When one man goes down, they're able to call upon someone else, and he's almost immediately able to fill the void. When you have Gavin Lux, who was projected before the season began to be the rookie of the year in the National League, and then not even being able to crack the World Series roster, that just kind of tells you how deep the Dodgers are. And you you look at the prospect pool with Josiah Gray, Kybert Ruiz, and then even Gavin Lux. When other guys have to call it a career, retire, or they go to a new team, Andrew Friedman has been able to assemble a farm system of guys ready to fill in. And we've already seen it recently with Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, and even Will Smith, who was only a rookie in 2019. So there are a lot of young guys out there ready to – make an impact for many years to come. David, same question to you. Yeah, I mean, it's a never-ending carousel of talent for the Dodgers. Uh, when, when you think they can't get any better, one of, these, one of these rookies just comes up or comes out of nowhere, 
or they sign someone off the street and then they produce. Uh, so yes, I, I do think this is the start of a dynasty. Frankly, uh, what they did with the Mookie Betts contract, I think they're paying for the first six or seven years of his contract, uh, which will start next year. Uh, and they just, the last, you know, six years are more just, we'll take, we'll, we're paying you for the first seven years and we're going to give you these next six years. So you, so you stay in LA. Uh, so my honest prediction, I think they win two more titles in the next four years. I like that. That's awesome. Well, who'd have thought guys, who'd have thought that adding Jake Reiner to the incline would produce a world series title in Los Angeles. I am so happy that I got to meet you guys. Honestly, like I never thought that, well, I knew there had to be other people out there as insanely dedicated to this team as me. Um, but obviously nobody in my immediate circle is is kind of like me in that way. Just deep diving on the stats, on the players, the farm system, the trades, just every single day consumed with more and more baseball uh, stories and news stories, and especially about the Dodgers. So I'm super happy to have been a part of this. Um, you know, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on, on what, how you guys started the incline. Where'd you, you know, where'd you two meet? I honestly, we've actually never met in person. So there, you know, we've developed this relationship, you know, over the course of this season over text, which has been nice. And obviously we do our uh, podcast on the incline and we record on zoom, but how did this all begin? Yeah, I mean, the incline started as a solo podcast by myself before the 2019 season began. And then I joined Dodgers Lowdown where I met David and, you know, me and David really hit it off. And we had a lot of similar ideas of how the Dodgers should be ran. And so I asked him to join the podcast and David was just a hit. So you go, David, what? How did it feel to join the incline? <laughs> oh, I mean, it was great. <laughs> I mean, I've always wanted to, you know, I've never really, before joining Dodgers Lowdown, you know, I never really took, you know, podcasting. I'd never really done a podcast before. Uh, so, you know, once I, once I joined the incline, it was, you know, we were off to the races. It was fun to, you know, give our analysis and takes and, you know, yell at people and, and praise people. And, you know, it was, it's been fun. And, uh, you know, Jake's been a, been a great addition. Uh, and Jake, I actually think I want to correct you. I think we may have met uh, before when we were young in Little League. Yes, uh, you know, you're I'm not right sure about that. if we actually met face to face, but I know we were there around the same time. So. Definitely, we're yeah. West uh, West LA Little League for yeah, sure. Represent. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Off of uh, on Sepulveda there. Yeah. Uh, no, I definitely, uh, definitely, we definitely were there on the field at the same time. I, I feel we're like that happened. Whether or not we know we knew it at the time, who knows? But yeah. definitely around the same time. Um, I, yeah, I guess the, the common denominator is, is Dodgers Lowdown. Because I, when I joined Dodgers Lowdown, which is a, a fan news website, um, that's kind of where I got introduced to you guys. And uh, what, I love about, what I love about our setup is, is just that we get right to the issues. Like, there's no BS before. There's no dumb jokes or any sort of gimmicks or, you know, a huge, beautiful set and just nothing to talk about. It's literally right to the issues. And I think people, when they're listening in their cars, they want that, you know, immediate storylines. They want the top stories. They want what's going on uh, immediate. They want to hear immediately what's going on with the Dodgers. And I feel like a lot of times when I listen to podcasts and they have this sort of like this whole overture and they're kind of like making inside jokes that I don't, I'm not clued in on. I kind of want to just skip to the part, to the part where they, you know, they talk about baseball. The street kind of 
runs one way, I guess. But I kind of knew of Jake Reiner, even though he had no idea who I was. We followed each other on Twitter. Only thanks to my girlfriend actually going to the same high school as Jake, same graduating class. And then I saw Jake on TV covering some Rams. I was like, oh, this guy knows sports. I got to reach out to him. Yes. You know, yeah, your out. girlfriend, Leah Perry, I went to high school with. I mean, we all have weird connections that we didn't necessarily know about until, until we got together here. Thank you guys so much for joining us on Meeting on the Mound. You can catch David, Kevin, and myself also on The Incline if you want to go and find out wherever you get your podcasts. Just search The Incline. Make sure you subscribe. Also subscribe to Meeting on the Mound wherever you get your podcasts as well. You can listen to me as twice as much as if you if you want. Um, that's, that's your prerogative. But uh, anyways, guys, thanks so much for joining us and uh, appreciate your opinions on the, uh, on the best team in baseball. Of course. We'll